Good morning, good morning, and good morning, and welcome to yet another episode of Popping Off the Field, of podcast. Happy Tuesday, co-host. Hope you guys had a great weekend, got an opportunity to relax, relate, release. And if not, <laughs> I hope that Monday didn't wear you down too tough, but guess what? It's Tuesday. It's our, our favorite day of the week. We have another opportunity to be together, to laugh, to talk, to talk our shit, which is exactly what I'm going to do. So before I get into this week's episode, I want to do some announcements not really like church announcements but just a couple of things because like Bernie said to uh Gloria in waiting to exhale that's some shit I need to get off my chest sorry having a moment anyway um I had a great weekend and I had a great weekend because I spent some time watching one of my favorite shows a different world anybody who knows me knows I fucking love that show and I credit it honestly for planting the seed of attending an, a historically black college and or university um in hbcu um I, I i can't say enough about the show because i literally watch it like i've never seen it before i literally laugh like i don't know the jokes um it's a great time and i don't at this point i don't necessarily sit down and like watch an entire season sometimes something will happen and I'm like oh my goodness I want to see this episode like I was having a conversation with someone and I was like oh I really want to see the episode with Tupac so I would I just randomly will watch that one or I I like watching the episode with Tisha Campbell um when she plays the character of Josie and kind of talks about her HIV uh AIDS diagnosis um it's just a great show. I, I I can't say it enough. I think the casting was great. The casting of Diane Carroll as Mary Gilbert. The casting of Patti LaBelle as uh, uh, Adele Wayne. I, I I never I never stop laughing. You know. I mean, where do you get an opportunity to see someone like Leslie Uggams and Billy Dee Williams play on TV? You know what I'm saying? And and just the chemistry. As it's just good stuff. Um. And the one last thing I want to say is. Vernon Gaines, uh, uh, portrayed by Lou Myers, God rest his sweet soul, was was everything. You know, I'm saying, you know, it's amazing. He was an older man, and obviously, he provided that sage wisdom. But he provided it to everyone, and he provided it on a variety of different topics. There's not a person who didn't encounter some issue where they could come to him. And I love the way that they wrote his character because he was funny, um, but he was so gentle and so empathetic. And on topics that most would probably think are a challenge to someone who's older, like just the care that he took with Josie and her diagnosis, you know, or her, her revealing what her diagnosis was and how he checked other people, um, about their ignorance and what they didn't know uh, was great. It's just a great show. So anyway, that's that's the tidbit on that. Secondly, I want to talk a little little bit about the election and not the election itself, but the runoff election, which Georgia has a runoff election where there are two Senate seats available. Um, Kelly Loeffner is currently occupying um, Senator Isaacson's seat. He retired, so she got that seat, um, and she's running against uh, Reverend Dr. Raphael Warnock, who is the uh, 
pastor of, um, of, of the historic Ebenezer Baptist Church here in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, John Ossoff is running against, I don't even know who he's running against. I guess it doesn't really matter. What's important is we, uh, we make sure that we get out there and participate in that runoff election. And this is for anybody who happens to be in an area, city, state that has a runoff election. It's important. I am convinced. I am convinced that people like Mitch McConnell and uh, Lindsey Graham are on special assignment from hell in terms of their, their inability to see the bigger picture. It has nothing to do with the country it has everything to do with what they personally want and what their 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 what their party personally wants or what they believe their party personally wants or maybe what the majority of their party personally wants but you know whether it's true or not there are rumors that Graham reached out to the um the secretary of state of Georgia and was like hey make those legal votes disappear they know that they're legal like it's ridiculous like there's a clip out here uh, of like all of these news articles in 2016 when when uh, Trump stole the presidency and you know they're like Democrats they always want to whine and cry and complain and and when they lose they can't concede and they can't you lost get over it aren't we there people aren't we there aren't we at that place so I am convinced in addition to the fact that there are people in that party that are on personal assignment from hell that People are, are, create their own narratives about what they think and what they don't think and what they believe and what they don't believe. And there, there, there clearly hasn't been enough because 70 plus million people still voted for, for Donald Trump knowing, having proof of, of some of the things that he's done. The fact that the man has been impeached doesn't matter. Um, the fact that the man has cheated on his taxes doesn't matter. The fact that this is a man who is a billionaire, millionaire, whatever his his uh, distinction is who has paid less taxes than people who in our country who are considered to be working poor people who are required to pay taxes. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I are, and I probably chased down about the fact that they haven't. And, and that doesn't seem to, to, to bother people. Um, it doesn't seem to bother people that he sexually harassed people or that, you know, he's a misogynist. No, no one cares about any of those things. So that's where we are. The narrative that they've created is none of that stuff is true and he should win. And the fact that he hasn't conceded, like nobody seems to be bothered by that. You know, everybody talks about democracy, but I guess it only works when they're winning. You know, people were upset when Trump won. You know, I was upset. My family and friends were upset that he won, but nobody was uh, suggesting that there not be a peaceful transition. I mean, obviously President Obama had to leave the office because the Constitution says that you only get two terms, but there was nothing you, there was nothing saying that they weren't going to concede or they weren't going to, you know, actively um, work with him. We have people who are basically like, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to participate in a peaceful transition. Like, why is that ethical? Why is that fair? Why is that legal? Like, <laughs> come on now. Anyway, so this is the world that we live in. So it's important for us who have the opportunity um, or in spaces where there is a, a secondary vote that we that we go out and do it. Or otherwise, 
um, President-elect Biden is going to deal with the same things that President Obama dealt when he lost control or when the, the Democratic Party lost control of the Senate, where you have somebody who is purposefully trying to make things challenging for you just because they can. And old people, evil people, not old people, evil people live the longest. So, you know, I, I with that being said, I guess Ms. McConnell and, and uh, Lindsey Graham got a while to go. So um, we got to do what we have to do so that we can try to mitigate at least some of the blockage that's going to happen anyway. Um, social media. So I did a whole podcast about social media and how it's trash. Um, let me explain something to you. Listen, what's most important uh, is protecting your own peace. And I joke with a friend of mine, Derek, who's also a, a co-host. Hey, Derek, about muting people on Facebook because I'm like, I, I didn't realize it was a, a an option because Facebook is always changing. He was like, I just mute people. Um, I don't want to see them on my timeline. I don't want to hear what they got to say. Um, and I was like, well, I mean, if you're going to mute somebody, you might as well just unfollow them or unfriend them. But no, muting is a blessing. Muting is a blessing. Listen, social media is not the place to have intellectual stimulating discourse. The reality is, is that people believe in their own right to freedom of speech. They believe that what they're saying is is right in a lot of ways. Um, people post things that are opinion-based. Some are fact-based, but people post how they feel about a particular situation. And then they say things like, I don't want to hear what you got to say about what I posted. What? I mean, that's not exactly how it works. If you're going to put something up, especially something that could possibly be controversial, um, people are going to say something because that's what people do. Um, and it's not going to be people just intentionally trying to troll you. People got questions. You know, if I got up, if I put on Facebook that my research has, has, has brought me to the conclusion that I, I no longer believe in, in, in religion. I no longer believe in God. Um, and, you know, I want people to respect my opinion. I'm going to have 12 million messages from people that have watched me grow up in church, uh, family, friends, family themselves commenting on what I said. That That's what's going to happen. And there's no way to avoid that. And if, even if I disable con- comments, somebody's going to find a way to reach out to me because I've said something where people have a genuine concern. They want to know what's going on. You have to be prepared for that. But people aren't aren't as much as we say we agree to disagree no people disagree to disagree and that's just the way that it is and if you decide that you're going to post something which is your right you know people also have the right unless you disable your comments to respond and just because you don't like what they say doesn't mean that they're being disrespectful just because a person decides that they don't want to engage with other people on the post and only want to engage specifically with you, that's not a sign of disrespect. You know, I've always been a firm believer that sometimes the most respectful thing that I can do is to not talk to you because we don't we don't see eye to eye, we don't jail. You know, there are people, you learn this in, in corporate America. Um, I was always taught that when you enter a room, you say hello. Or you acknowledge the fact that there's someone already in the room that you've entered. You know, Um, people walk into rooms, they don't say anything to you. They don't say, excuse me. They bustle past you. Um, And there's no problem when they do it. But let you not come into a room and you not acknowledge somebody and somebody's like, hello, do you see me? And it's like, yeah, bitch, I see you. But just the other day I walked into the room or you walked into a room I was in. You didn't say anything to me. So now I'm supposed to say something to you. No, that's not how that works. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a gentleman. I was raised to be a gentleman. My father 
um, taught me the importance of opening doors, not just for women, but the elderly or somebody whose hands are full. You know, my mom would stand at doors and wait for me to open them. That's what I was taught. So I, it's a reflex for me to hold the door, but not for no bitch who ain't going to say thank you. Mm-mm. Let the, let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you. I will watch a door close in your face or pull it behind me, depending on my mood. So, you know, we, I said all that to say, sorry, because I went off on a tangent. Social media, that's what I'm talking about. The importance of not getting caught up in the rigmarole. You know, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a couple of Facebook groups. The other day, somebody posted something that people did not agree with. It became this whole thing of it's a generational split. You know, we don't understand each other because this group is intergenerational and there's no intergenerational understanding. You know, uh, some folks think they right. Some folks think they wrong. Some, some folks think this is disrespectful. Some folks think I've seen countless things going on in this group. You know what I'm saying? When a woman posts a comment that says, you know, black men are the, the, the white men of the black community. Black men go slap off. You know what I'm saying? they like you always posting these articles up from these poor sources but when people try to have the conversation void of the sources okay this is not the source talking this is me as a black woman saying this is how I feel about how I'm treated within my own community we don't want to have that conversation so that's 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 null and void um we obviously don't want to have any conversations about about people's individuality and sexuality because that's null and void. So we can't even have these conversations. So just like the church, they've created another group. Listen, <laughs> do, do we not understand that we have not gotten to the point where we can agree to disagree? We just move on. Uh, I'm, I'm Baptist, okay? I, I grew up Baptist, missionary Baptist. But there are 12 million Baptist uh, uh, denomination denominations there are 12 million conventions because at the end of the day it was only one or two things and everybody split off because they didn't agree and it wasn't even all about always about the 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 main doctrine it was just I don't like the way that we do service so guess what I'm no longer Baptist I am I am this I am no longer uh I'm no longer AME I am this just all of these divisions but we're all serving the same God listen there is National Baptist Congress Convention there's National Baptist Convention there is National Progressive Baptist Convention there's a million of these different conventions is it not the same God we have a tough time agreeing to disagree we just move the fuck on so protect your peace bro and sis Auntie and niece, uncle and cousin, don't allow social media to get you all ramped up. Mute a brother, mute a sister, and move on. Lastly, um, I was always told when I first began drinking, uh, it was important to understand what type of drunk you are. <laughs> um, or, you know, it, it's important for you to understand how to manage your drinking, how to control it, you know? So I know that there are levels to this. I know that I have a certain drink minimum depending on what I'm drinking and depending on what I'm doing. Like if I'm taking shots, I know how many shots I can take. If I am drinking light liquor versus dark liquor, which I prefer dark liquor, but if I'm drinking light liquor, I know how to manage things. Um, I know if, you know, champagne versus wine, I know uh, on the rocks, 
in strength versus um um versus a mixed strength that's sugary and sweet you know what i'm saying I, I know what it is it's important for us to learn this when you're in your 20s i will i'll give you a pass because you're trying to figure that out you know you're having a good time you're not really paying attention to whether or not you're drinking top shelf or or under the shelf but at a certain point in your life you need to learn how to manage your alcohol for your own health um and and and, and to make sure you're not out here doing stupid shit Somebody said this, I don't know if it was somebody in my family or something I heard, but drunk lips speak a sober mind. And at some point, you can't excuse the fact that you've been drinking for your poor behavior um, or, 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 the, or the dumb shit that comes out of your mouth, you know? Because these are things that you're really feeling, you're really dealing with. You need to figure that shit out. Or you need to manage your drink into a place where you're at that space where you're cute and feeling good and buzzed and not going to say dumb shit. Maybe you're just flirty. Um, we got to do better. Again, if you're under tw- if you're under 30 in your 20s, still trying to figure that out, still trying to navigate that shit, you ain't got no money. You poor, you drinking what's available. You don't, you, you, you may not know the difference between top shelf and below the shelf. Um, you're drinking what somebody brings. So you mix in, you, you drink light, you drink dark, you, you drink sweet, you take shots. It, you know, it's all a good time. But 30 plus, niece, get it together. Figure it out. Uh, don't be out in public making a fool of yourself, making a mockery of yourself, saying dumb shit. You know, stuff that you really haven't thought about. Uh, or stuff that you feel that you haven't reconciled because everybody doesn't feel the way that you feel about certain situations. So, you know, let's let's manage that a little bit better because, you know, we're in COVID now. So you'll probably just get tongue lashings, but there are people who are willing to risk their safety to lay hands. I'm not saying I'm one of those people. I'm really not a violent person, but I do know people who, who, who are of the pull-up mentality (laughs) and you might want to be careful about that just monitor those things so I said all that to say those are just things that I need to get off my chest they are things that I've encountered over the last week I thought it would be a quick update I thought it would be cute I thought you'd enjoy it and here we are we're going to talk about what I want to talk about today which is apologizing I've talked a lot about forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness and how forgiveness is for you So, you know, when you're the person who is asking for forgiveness, it's not about getting a reaction out of the other person. I'm not asking, we'll just use names as an example. I'm not asking John for forgiveness so that John can um, be my friend or remain my friend. Of course, I picked this name. I'm supposed to pick a random name. Y'all actually know I have a friend named John, but whatever. If If I offended John, my purpose for asking for forgiveness was because I sat with myself, realized that I was wrong and I want to move past that. But I also want to show him that I do understand where he's coming from, but it's about me. It's not about him. I can't be doing, you, you don't ask for forgiveness for reaction because a person could take your, take your apology, which is what I want to talk about today. The art of apologizing. A person could take your apology and be like, thanks, but no thanks. I appreciate it, but I'm not in the space where I'm willing to to deal with that right now, but I appreciate it. Uh, On the flip side, forgiveness is important and being forgiving is important because it's the burden that you carry. If If I offer up an apology, the thought process is I have come to a conclusion. I've realized that there was some wrong and I'm admitting to that and I'm apologizing to you to show that. 
the act of forgiveness is you saying, I take that, I accept that, and I can move on so that you can have peace about the situation too, because unforgiveness isn't good for, for the, for the, for the individual who's walking around with that burden on their heart, even if they don't think it is, it is, sis, it is, trust me. But we haven't really talked about the art of apologizing and the importance of crafting an apology that is sincere and, and really meaning it and, and what it takes to get to the point where you're even willing to apologize. Listen, I love Miss Anita Baker and one of my favorite songs, cause there are way too many to, to choose from, but one of my favorite songs is I Apologize off her Rhythm of Love album, which early nineties. And I don't know why she was calling the operator in the early nineties, but she said, operator, get my baby on the line. Just the other night, we had a horrible fight. I admit that I was wrong and I was out of control. I took it all out on my man. Um, oh, I'm messing up the words. Hold on. I should have sang it. That would have been better. Well, not sang it, but I should have sang it. Operator, get my baby on the line. Just the other night, we had a horrible fight. I admit that I I was out of control, but I still love my man. Here we go. With my body and soul. When the road gets rough, we say things we should not say. I never meant to treat my baby that way. I apologize. Listen, she was sincere. So much so that she had to call the operator because she couldn't get in touch with her real man. So she needed, she needed a conduit, but she meant it. And I think that you know, what she did in her apology is she said, you know, she, she owned her mistake. She owned what she did. And she, you know, I admit that I, I was wrong. I was out of control, but I still love him. You know what I'm saying? And I need him to understand that. Listen, y'all, um, You don't have to call the operator. You don't have to have to beg and plead. You don't have to write a song um, or a poem or, or stand out somebody's door and or window and, and throw rocks at throw rocks at it to get their attention. But it is important for us to accept when when a situation has gotten out of control because of our own actions or reactions. I have legitimately lost friendships over people not being willing to accept when they were wrong and apologize for it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I and I knew. You know how you know something about people? You know people don't like to be wrong. I, everybody has people who don't like to be wrong. They hate being wrong to the point where when they are wrong, it's a, it's it's a scene. When they are wrong, I'm leaving the party. When they are wrong, we not talking. They slamming doors. You know what I'm saying? Those types of things. We literally all know people in our lives who are like that. And for the most part, we like, okay, you know, that's just a nibble off some steam. But what we expect from people who who say that they love and they care about us, what we do expect from people is for them to, to come back to the middle, to come back to center and be like, you know what? I really fucked that situation up. And sometimes an apology is just, you know, my bad. You know what? I was tripping. Um, I remember being in a situation where I, I asked someone, I said, you know, I didn't do that. Right. You know, now that the dust is, the dust has settled, the coast is clear. 
you know, there's no longer this emotional thing. Because sometimes people are, are going through things and we don't even realize it. And you are, you are getting the brunt of something that ain't really about you. But whatever the case is, it's like you, you do realize that those allegations were unfounded, that they weren't true. And they kind of laughed it off and was like, yeah, I know. And you still don't feel the need to apologize for the way that you acted, for the way that you treated me, for what you said. It's never crossed your mind that it would have been appropriate to offer some form of apology, even if it was half-assed. You know what I'm saying? Listen, even if it was half-assed, it would have been better than nothing at all. Do we want sincere apologies? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, let's start from somewhere because at least if you could have mustered up the energy to say, my bad, I would have been like, all right, I appreciate that. You know, we could we would have had a foundation, but because you didn't have the 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 wherewithal for lack of a better word to even admit that you were wrong um where do we go from here well the answer to that question is we don't go anywhere you know what i'm saying like you know that that was proof to me that hmm, this is one of those friendships that is going to be one of those long long-armed spoons as as grandma would say a long-handled spoon like that's how we're gonna have to deal with one another from 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 now on out because i i know who you are now i know who you are now listen um i'm not big on i've had to learn i have to i had to grow out of this apologizing just for the sake of apologizing saving face you know apologizing because this person has decided that they're not going to talk to you because they're offended and you're apologizing and saying you wrong, you fucked up just so that you can start a conversation. Well, I'm, I'm past that point in my life now. You know, I take ownership over the things that I, that I've done wrong. Um, and if you bring something to my attention and say, you know, this was really fucked up. I didn't appreciate this. This made me feel this way. Then now you've given me an opportunity. You said something to me about a behavior, about a reaction and now I know. And so I can address that. And then I sit in that and I say, you know what? Let me apologize because I didn't realize that that was an issue. I didn't realize that that was a problem. I didn't realize that that offended you. Now I know. Now you've put me on notice. I think Shirley Murdoch got a song like that. Maybe if it's not Shirley Murdoch, it's uh, uh, Ann Nesby. It's, it's, maybe it's put you on paper. I don't know. Whatever the case is, you've, you've served me notice that that's a problem. And now I know. And so now I can, I can walk forth in a, in a, in, you know, a, a clear path knowing that this is a, that this is an issue so that I can try to avoid it. But we have to, we have to be willing to be reflective. And this, this all, you know, it's all, it all comes down to the same thing. Sitting in yourself, being reflective, acknowledging when you're wrong so that you can move past that point. And sometimes that requires um, an apology, you know, a, a sincere apology, you know, I know people will accept bullshit apologies. Like I said, I would have been willing to accept the, you know, my bad. I ain't really realized it was that serious. I didn't mean to blow it out of proportion. I would have been willing to accept that. You know what I'm saying? Would the nature of the relationship still have changed? Absolutely. But at least I would have had a better understanding of how this person really did view me, but without any apology at all, you know, you can't ignore that. You got to pay attention to that stuff. When somebody is 
unwilling to be like, I'm wrong, which you would think isn't a, a hard thing, especially if it's a personal conversation. I'm not expecting you, no one is expecting you to go out on national television and tell people you're wrong. Well, we are some people. Some people we are expecting that from. That brings me to another point before I forget. John John Gray. He's a mess. He's a disaster. Um, and this is a quick segue. Uh, I had posted something uh, the other day that I'd seen about, it was like this whole joke. Everybody knows the the whole the whole I guess we'll say adage for lack of better words I don't I don't know words today um it, it ain't over to the fat lady sings and so somebody jokingly said rumor has it there's a very large woman heading into a practice room Ba-doom, doom, shh. so a musical joke obviously the fat lady's getting ready to sing and I had posted that posted it and someone had responded um and I heard it's Kimberly <laughs> And I heard it's Kim Burrell. And I was laughing. And she was like, you know, I can't stand that big of a heifer. And, and, and that's choice. Everybody has that choice. You know, for a lot of people, Kim Burrell has said some things that are not forgivable. They just aren't. And somebody came on the post and was like, I understand what you're saying. But, so this is, this is always the rub. When somebody says that they understand where you're coming from, but because they're going to insert some form of judgment, some form of this is good advice for you. You know, it was this whole thing about extending grace to people who have made mistakes and, you know, don't be so quick to write somebody off because they probably going through stuff and stuff like that. It's like, okay. And so I guess my friend responded like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's great or whatever the case is. But you know, when a person does something repeatedly, uh, it's not, it's not just, uh, Ooh, I made a mistake. No, this is really what a person, this this is who this person is. And we shouldn't always, I understand that we're Christian. I understand that, you know, we're supposed to have a spirit of forgiveness, but I don't have to like somebody and I don't have to support somebody who has done, has done something or says something that offends me. I don't have to. I don't have to. And I can be, I should be able to voice the fact that I don't want to and I don't like them without somebody telling me what I should and shouldn't do or how much grace I should extend or how I should be the bigger person because that shit gets old and it gets tired. You know, that, that's, that's literally what it is. And so it reminded me of the whole John Gray situation. I, I think recently he said his wife deserves better. Fuck yeah, she does. And what we deserve is for you not to stand in your platform on your pulpit and criticize what other people are doing when you're constantly doing the wrong thing and you don't have to you've been caught you've you publicly said it how many times are you gonna apologize and embarrass the first lady of your church the mother of your children you know this is public people know what's going on and then you're the same person who wants to counsel other people about their infidelity and what's going on with them. Fuck out of here. No, we're out of, a, we're, we are, uh, we tired now. You know what I'm saying? The apologies don't mean anything anymore because the behavior hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I don't believe that infidelity necessarily has to be the end all be all to a relationship. That's between the people in it to talk it, talk it out, work it out, figure it out. You know, um, for some people, it's a it's a it's a deal breaker, you know, but 
marriage is a business and these people have businesses together. You know what I'm saying? Like they tied into it, you know, um, they're counseling people and doing seminars and all this good shit. So I understand. And they have a family, they have children. So I understand not wanting to just pack it up and be like, I'm done. I get that. And they're public figures. So I get that. But you know, you did it once, you did it twice, you apologize, now you're doing it again, and now you're like, you know, she deserves better. No, you need to do better. <laughs> you just need to do better. She fine. She good. You know what I'm saying? Um, she's doing her work. She's operated in, in her forgiveness and, 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 and dealt with her pain and all that good stuff that comes associated with that public embarrassment. She's dealt that, but you're still doing the wrong things. You know what I'm saying? So, listen. Listen, Linda, here, you know what? I actually take back what I said earlier. If you're going to apologize, make sure that it's sincere. And in addition to making sure that it's sincere, um, try to put some mechanisms in place so you don't have to keep saying the same apology. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, it's a good idea to 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 really take some inventory on your behavior on your thoughts so that when you issue an apology you don't have to reissue that same apology apologize for something new you know do something else fucked up you know not that i'm giving you permission to do that but don't apologize for the same thing you know and i don't know if it's the same woman or a different woman because john gray is built like a decepticon so i don't understand it at all anyway but i do understand that people are attracted to power and he has a lot of power and um being that he is the leader of a church you know there there's a lot of influence there are a lot of people who believe in him there are a lot of people who trust him and we see this we saw this with um the late bishop eddie long and people's response to those allegations um i remember having a conversation with uh someone and they were like well you know if i was in his situation i would i would i would pay off a settlement and keep it private and i'm like yeah, you know, a lot of times when people pay settlements, it's because there are things that they that they don't want to get out, you know, and they don't want things to get any further. They they pay all, they do settlements because they come along with with um, with releases and NDAs where people can't talk about shit for a period of time, wherever. Um, and in a lot of ways, it's an it is an admission that you've done something wrong because the the, the first thing that that his camp said was we're gonna fight this take this all the way to court um i'm gonna clear my name and then it became you know we're gonna settle this and we're not gonna deal with it you know and i'm not trying to talk ill on on on, on the dead i really not i'm just using that as an example of um behaviors you know and 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 and, and just saying that you know when a person is in a position of power and, and influence how they can shift the mindset of folks. And we see that in our presidency. Like, you know, he's able to shift the mind. Like, we see everything that's wrong. Everybody sees it. It can't be just us. The writing's on the wall. But people tend to ignore it and not pay attention to it. And he's unapologetic about his shit. You know, he's not apologizing for anything because he ain't wrong. You know? It is classic narcissistic behavior. And that's just what we are. So anyway, another tangent. But... The point I'm trying to make, now that we get back to the point, um, apologizing is important. Apologizing should be sincere. And it takes a big person to sit in themselves 
and reflect on on what was wrong and how they may have wronged somebody else and and, and humble themselves enough to come to someone and say, you know, I, I need to say this. I need you to know. And even if it's a situation where maybe you're not good with your words. So I'll say this. Maybe it maybe my bad. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to do this is the best that you can come up with. You know what I'm saying? But if it's sincere and it's coming from a place um, that you're not just saying it to smooth things over and go back to normal and be back on your fuck shit, but you're actually apologizing because you actually care about the relationship, you actually care about the person, and you want to show them that you do, um, that's the best way to go forth. Anyway, that's all I have for you today. Um, I hope that this was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Uh, I rambled a bit, but you know, that's what happens sometimes. I hope you guys have a wonderful Tuesday, a wonderful rest of your week as everyone's getting prepared for Thanksgiving. Listen, be careful out there. Um, y'all know it's hard to tell a black family they can't get together for a, a holiday with food. Um, just but be conscious, you know. Um, you know, some of us have COVID circles. I have a COVID circle of people that I know um, are, are have tested regularly, have remained quarantined, wear their masks. You know, they're serious about it. They're working from home. And those are the people that I choose to spend my holiday with. Um, and it will be a small family gathering <laughs> um, under the number, uh, uh, which I think the number's 10. It'll it'll be seven folks. It won't even be seven folks there. It'll be like five folks there. But that's it. You know, that that's the family. And, um, you know, if you're going to travel, be safe. Um, numbers are ramping up. A lot of cities are, are, going, are returning. A lot of states are returning back to shut down. Um, don't fight your, your officials, your people. Don't try to kidnap them. <laughs> They're really just trying to do what's in the best interest of the entire state um, and not just individual people. Um, and if we had a little bit more empathy, we could see that. But, you know, we got a, we got an interesting road ahead of us as we... Uh, move forward in the year and closer and closer to January 20th or 21st where um, President elect Joe Biden will become the official president of the United States and I am looking forward to it. Anyway, continue to like, continue to share, continue to rate, 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 which is really, really important um, on those social media platforms and I love y'all for real. <laughs>